Well, hello, and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us again, and uh, welcome if it's your first time. Today we're going to be focusing on a particular artist, and uh, we've done a podcast or two uh, either specifically on this artist or tangentially on this artist before, but this one's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be talking about Sidney Bechet today, the great New Orleans uh, clarinet and soprano saxophone player. He also played very respectable piano and other instruments as well. Uh, we've done uh, a podcast of some of his sideman recordings from the late 1930s, recording with blues uh, singers and uh, with uh, Mes Mesro in the mid-40s and so forth. These are uh, all recordings today that we're going to be listening to uh, made live and uh, occasionally uh, privately. These were done by a fellow named John Reed, who was a uh, recording uh, engineer and I guess a minor executive for RCA Victor. He was responsible for uh, signing up uh, Bechet to his uh, long series of recordings done under the name of the New Orleans Feet Warmers. He was a good friend of Bechet and he followed him around quite a few times during the late 30s and 40s and set up uh, portable recording equipment to uh, capture some of uh, Bechet's uh, work outside of the standard recording studio. And some of this might have been done as rehearsals for his RCA Victor uh, recording dates proper or they might have just been uh, done for fun. And uh, we have John Reed to thank for quite a variety of uh, settings that we would not have heard Sidney Bechet playing in otherwise. Uh, we also hear some uh, recordings done in New Orleans. Uh, Reed and uh, Bechet went down to New Orleans when uh, Sidney uh, needed some dental work done. He went to his brother's dental uh, office in New Orleans and took the time to reconnect with some uh, early New Orleans jazz players who'd been important in his early career, and John Reed recorded them. Uh, those uh, are out on American music, those recordings, and Bechet actually played piano because he couldn't play clarinet because of his uh, dental problems at the time. We're going to be hearing uh, him in several different formats, in a full band, uh, in a trio, and in a quartet, I believe. And these are all things that were done uh, on uh, jobs that Bechet had in different parts of New York or Chicago uh, during this time period. So we'll get a good sense of the working Bechet, I guess. And these uh, tracks that John Reed recorded were not bounded by the two or three minute recording limit of a standard 78 RPM record. These were put on tape and uh, some of them go on for five or six minutes so we get to hear Boucher stretch out on his improvisations. So Sidney Boucher was born in 1897 in New Orleans. Uh, he early on uh, gravitated to music. He, uh, the story goes, stole his brother's clarinet from under the bed while his brother was out working and basically taught himself how to play some scales and some songs. So by the time uh, his brother came back and his family was aware of what was going on, he had already mastered a couple of the New Orleans uh, tunes that he'd heard uh, being played around him, uh, even as a very small boy. From that point, he started playing with bands and picked up uh, a, a, a very formidable technique on clarinet. He had a little uh, kind of unofficial coaching from some clarinet players like Billy, Big Guy Louis Nelson Delisle and uh, George Baquet and a few others uh, who were known as uh, reading musicians as well as early jazz musicians. But Bechet himself never learned to read all that fluently. He played in uh, some big bands, including Noble Sissel's band in the late 20s and into the 30s, but he was uh, not known as a, a, a reading musician per se. His ear and his musical memory were uh, so incredible, though, that he could hear something once and uh, pretty much play it back to you. Uh, he was tested, I think, in the 40s uh, by someone who was interested in uh, musical cognition uh, to find out about his melodic memory. And this was a test that was given to conservatory students at the time. And he scored off the charts in the 99th percentile or something like that, just in terms of how uh, long of a melody he could remember at first hearing. And that was something that obviously served him in good stead as a jazz musician. So he left New Orleans uh, fairly young to go on tour with Clarence Williams. I think they were both teenagers. Uh, he found himself in Europe in the late 1910s. He got some recognition as a, as a uh, clarinet player and a blues player over there at the time. He came back to New York, made some fabulous recordings with Clarence Williams and Louis Armstrong in 1924-25 before going back to Europe and playing with uh, a variety of bands over there, ending up in jail for a little while for uh, some transgressions uh, in, in England and France, and then uh, came back to uh, join Noble Sissel's big band, uh, which was uh, a 
kind of a, uh, of a show band, I guess, uh, that backed up the singing of the leader, Noble Sissel, who, of course, had been famous uh, earlier for having toured with UB Blake. But Bechet was the key member of that band. We heard some uh, recordings from small groups that were taken from the Sissel band, and we've heard a couple of uh, Noble Sissel's recordings on our Archie Blyer programs. After that, in the early 30s, uh, Sidney Bechet started playing uh, in a more traditional uh, New Orleans-style ensemble, which he founded with uh, the trumpeter from New Orleans, Tommy Ladnier. And that didn't last too long because it wasn't commercially viable during the Depression. Uh, it caused Bechet to take some extra musical jobs and also to rejoin the Sissel Band for a few years in the mid-30s. By the late 30s, he had returned to New York uh, for a good decade or so and was uh, devoting himself to playing the music that he liked, this New Orleans jazz, although he was also uh, very open to the ideas of swing in terms of rhythm and repertoire and uh, harmonic uh, knowledge as well. So the groups that uh, we will be hearing today are primarily from 1930, 40, 41, 42, and uh, they reflect a, a sort of a combination sensibility of New Orleans jazz and swing. So the first tune that we're going to hear is a New Orleans standard, a Dixieland standard called the Royal Garden Blues. And uh, we're going to follow that up with a version of Summertime. And that's important because uh, uh, Bechet had uh, recorded uh, for Blue Note, one of his first sessions as a soloist, uh, a, a magnificent version of Summertime, which was very operatic in scope and was actually a pretty uh, good seller for Blue Note at the time as well. Um, this version comes from a couple of years later, and it's longer, so uh, Bechet gets to take some extra time on this. And on these two tunes, Royal Garden Blues and Summertime, uh, Sidney Bechet and his New Orleans feet warmers consist of Henry Goodwin, a fine uh, black trumpet player who played in a number of the Harlem bands and also recorded with Bechet uh, for his New Orleans feet warmer sides for Victor, as did the trombonist Sandy Williams, who uh, was best known for his long association with the Chick Webb Band. Sidney Boucher plays entirely soprano sax on this date. Uh, his piano player was a fellow named Don Donaldson, who made some records with him, Ernest Williamson on bass, and Gerard Hobson on drums. And these were recorded on August 25th of 1942 at a dance that was being held at Camp Unity in Wingdale, New York. And that was a, a kind of an unusual uh, place for Sidney Boucher to play. This was a, a political, a very left-wing uh, camp that uh, had some tincture of communism about it. Uh, but Bechet had regular employment there. He was a favorite of uh, the people at Camp Unity, and so he uh, spent uh, a number of uh, weeks and months and various summers there. So following that, we're going to hear uh, Sidney Bechet and his trio from... October 8th of 1944, a little later than I told you, but 1944. This was done at a private party in Chicago and uh, features Bechet uh, on clarinet and soprano saxophone and Max Miller on piano and Ken Smith on drums. And we're going to hear a tune that Bechet called the Liberty Street Stomp. He recorded it um, around this time, a little bit later, with uh, Mez Mesro for the King Jazz label, and they called it Perdido Street Stomp. But here it is, the Liberty Street Stomp. Then following that, we're going to uh, go to a, a, an otherwise unnamed blues, blues take two, I guess. And this will feature Bechet again on soprano sax and clarinet in a very lively performance uh, with a uh, quartet that um, was playing at Fonda, New York. And there was a uh, an establishment there called the Log Cabin that Bechet played at quite a lot uh, during the late 30s and early 40s. This was from November 25th of 1939. And we're going to hear Don Fry on piano. Wilson Meyer is on bass, and Kenny Clark, the uh, early bebop drummer here, very young, playing drums, and uh, not on this track, but on some other tracks, he all played vibraphone. And so, uh, very good little rhythm section here, supporting Sidney Bechet playing blues. So those are our four tunes for this set. We're going to hear from the larger band of the New Orleans Feet Warmers, the Royal Garden Blues in Summertime, followed by the Liberty Street Bounce, oh, excuse me, Liberty Street Stomp, and the unnamed blues.
I said that was a brisk blues performance. Well, I was wrong about that. That was obviously a slow blues, and that's kind of a prototype for the uh, blues uh, to Bechet that um, Sidney Bechet recorded for RCA Victor around the same time. Same vocal uh, choruses and all. In this case, I think his vocals were considerably better than they were on the uh, studio recording. A little more impassioned and a little uh, more flexible as well. So that was uh, the blues that was taken from the... Uh, performance on November 25th, 1939, with Don Fry on piano, Wilson Myers on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums, and Sidney Bechet playing first clarinet, then singing, then playing soprano saxophone, and uh, these recordings are, are good in that they give us a little more of Sidney Bechet on clarinet. Uh, after the mid-40s or so, he really started de-emphasizing clarinet. Uh, he was having more dental problems, and soprano sax was just easier to play. It's also an easier uh, instrument in the ensemble if you're playing lead, and uh, uh, Bechet always liked to play lead, even if there was a trumpet in the band. We heard that on the first two sides, uh, Royal Garden Blues, uh, followed by uh, Summertime, which were done um, in uh, 1942 at uh, Camp Unity in Wingdale, New York. We heard Henry Goodwin playing trumpet. He uh, very uh, gentlemanly got out of the way when Bechet started playing the melody on Royal Garden Blues. Sandy Williams on trombone. Uh, he played the melody on Summertime on the second chorus. Bechet was just about to launch into his variations that he had recorded, and uh, Sandy Williams just started playing the melody, whether that was prearranged and just didn't work out, or whether it was a miscommunication, we don't know, but it kept going, and it seemed to irritate Bechet enough that uh, his playing got even more passionate in the next couple of choruses after that. And we also heard Don Donaldson on piano, Ernest Williamson on bass, and Gerard Hobson on drums from August 25th, 1942. And then after that, the third tune in the set, we heard uh, the um, Liberty Street Stomp, which, uh, as I said, was another name for the... Um, uh, Perdido Street Stomp that Bechet recorded with Mes Mesro for King Jazz. This was done in 1944, October 8th, at a private party in Chicago. Very um, up-tempo, flashy performance with Bechet featured on soprano almost all the way through, although uh, Max Miller does get a little piano solo in there. And um, uh, 
some other tunes from that uh, particular party uh, are interesting, but we can't really play them because they go on too long. There are some 12 and 13 minute blues performances. There's a nine minute version of Besame Mucho, which is really interesting, but just a little bit too long for us to have to deal with on this podcast. So I'd encourage you to go look those up. These were all released uh, in the 90s and early 2000s as part of the Sidney Bechet Complete Edition put out on Masters of Jazz. And as I said, these were recordings made by John Reed, Bechet's friend and and uh, the arts and uh, recording executive for RCA Victor. Uh, he eventually willed all of his uh, tapes and uh, materials on Bechet and uh, audio uh, files, I guess, from RCA Victor to the University of Arizona. And so they were issued on these recordings. We're going to start the next set with another tune from that um uh, November uh, 25th, 1939, date in Fonda with Don Fry, Wilson Myers, and Kenny Clark. Uh, we're going to hear the Sheik of Araby, which was a Bechet specialty back to the late 1920s uh, when he was uh, playing in New York. Actually, in the middle 1920s, 1924-25, before he left for Europe, he had a club called the Club Basha, or Bache, uh, where he led a band, and one of the members of that band was a very young Johnny Hodges, who had just come down from Boston, and uh, Hodges learned the variations on Sheik of Araby that uh, Bechet was featuring, uh, and later recorded them with Duke Ellington, and Bechet himself recorded them on tenor sax as part of his one-man band recordings for Victor. So this will be the Sheik of Araby, and we'll feature a little bit of uh, Kenny Clark on vibraphone on the introduction. Kind of an interesting point there. Then we're going to uh, go to January 21st of 1940, a live date in Gloversville, New York. I don't know what club was there, but this is a, a group that featured Bechet on clarinet and soprano sax with Sonny White on piano, Charles Howard on guitar, Wilson Myers on bass, and Manzi Johnson on drums. And uh, these were musicians, for the most part, who worked with Bechet consistently at the time and in some cases recorded with him quite a bit, too. We're going to hear two tunes from this uh, series. We're going to hear the St. Louis Blues, which is an up-tempo blues. I won't uh, lead you wrong on that one. And Indian Summer, which was another Bechet ballad feature, the Victor Herbert tune uh, that he recorded with Willie the Lion Smith for RCA Victor. But this is a, uh, I think this is a warm-up version to that. Uh, Bechet's feature extensively on soprano all the way through that and on clarinet all the way through the St. Louis Blues. So, after that, we are going to go to a kind of a curiosity, a pop tune from 1939. This was also done in Fonda, New York, but on December 30th of 1939, and it's called Big Wig in the Wigwam, one of those sort of uh, pseudo-Native American tunes with tom-toms and all that. And this will feature, uh, again, Don Fry on piano, Wilson Myers on bass, Charlie Howard on guitar, and Kenny Clark on drums, the New Orleans feet warmers in this case being a sextet with Sidney Bechet on clarinet and soprano sax. So those are our four tunes for this set. Uh, the Sheik of Araby, St. Louis Blues, Indian Summer, and Big Wig and the Wigwam. Thank you. 
So there we started with the Sheik of Araby, the New Orleans Feet Warmers in Fonda, New York, a live recording from November 25th, 1939, featuring Sidney Bechet on uh, clarinet and soprano sax. A little unusual, he was switching instruments there, uh, but good to have. Don Fry on piano, Wilson Myers on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums and vibraphone, introducing that performance. Kind of interesting. Following that, we went to uh, two tunes from the... um, uh, no, uh, January of 1940, dated in Gloversville, New York. We heard um, St. Louis Blues and Indian Summer. St. Louis Blues was a clarinet feature, and Indian Summer was a soprano sax one. Uh, both of those featured Sidney Bechet's New Orleans Feet Warmers, this time with Sonny White on piano, Charles Howard on guitar, Wilson Myers on bass, and Manzi Johnson on drums. Kind of interesting performances there. Bechet was really an outstanding uh, lead player in an ensemble. It wasn't the traditional role of the clarinet or even soprano saxophone in a traditional jazz band, but no one could do that like Bechet, to the point where a lot of trumpet players didn't care to work with him because they felt kind of muscled out uh, of their own territory in that case. We finished off with Big Wig in the Wigwam, kind of a, a novelty tune, Native American uh, pastiche, I guess, from uh, December 30th, 1939 in Fonda, New York, with Don Fry, Wilson Myers, Charlie Howard, and Kenny Clark, along with Sidney Bechet on soprano sax, and I think some of the vocal uh, interjections as well. And that shows uh, uh, that uh, in a private or public engagement uh, during that time. They weren't just playing jazz standards, they had to play pop tunes as well. As I mentioned, there's a recording of Besame Mucho, uh, there was, uh, I think there was one of the Eyes of Texas, uh, there were all kinds of things. Whatever people wanted, that's what they had to play, and uh, it's a tribute to the musicians that they could uh, carry off this material so well. So we're going to hear one more set of these live Sidney Bechet recordings, recorded live by John Reed during this period. This really catches Bechet at a, at a great moment in his career. He was playing very, very well. He'd uh, been playing all through the 30s. He'd had some, some economic downtimes, and at the beginning of the World War II years, he had another one. But uh, by and large, he was playing the music he wanted to play with people uh, he wanted to be with. So he was uh, sounding very happy and inspired on these dates. We're going to uh, go back to that uh, band date from Wingdale, New York, Camp Unity, on August 25th of 1942, and we're going to play uh, three of the last four tunes from that. We're going to start with Bugle Call Rag, which is another tune that uh, Bechet recorded a couple of times in his life, several times in his life. This features Henry Goodwin on trumpet, Sandy Williams on trombone, Bechet on soprano, Don Donaldson on piano, Ernest Williamson on bass, and Gerard Hobson on drums. And after that, we're going to uh, hear uh, an interesting uh, version of one of Bechet's showpieces. This is one he'd recorded right about this time for uh, Blue Note. He was not recording regularly for Blue Note in 1939. He didn't start up till uh, about 1944-45 or so with the contract after uh, his contract with... um, RCA Victor had run out, or not been renewed, rather. Uh, But this... uh, piece uh, was in his repertoire all the way back to the early 30s with the Noble Sissel Band, and it's Dear Old Southland. And we're going to hear uh, an interesting take on his uh, uh, classic variations on this tune. This is from November 25th, 1939, the same date we've heard uh, in the past with Don Fry and Kenny Clark and uh, Wilson Myers, but this is pretty much all Bechet all the way through. This is uh, almost uh, an aria for soprano sax. Then we're going to end up with two tunes from that band-aid at Camp Unity. We're going to hear Embraceable You, which was a a, a nice danceable tempo of of a a good George Gershwin ballad, and uh, this was, as we remember, being played for a dance. John Reed was recording them live at this dance. Then we're going to finish up with a tune that uh, I have a hard time believing anyone danced to, That's a Plenty, and this is a brisk tune, to say the least, and shows off the brass players very well. So those are our four tunes for this set. We're going to start with Bugle Call Rag, go to Dear Old Southland, then Embraceable You, and That's a Plenty.
So good for you if you could dance to that one. That was That's a Plenty, and that uh, finishes up our Sidney Boucher Live program today. Uh, three of those four tunes in that set were from that uh, date at Camp Unity that had Henry Goodwin on trumpet, uh, Sandy Williams on trombone as a whole front line. We started out with the Bugle Call Rag, which uh, was kind of a messy performance. There were mistakes in there and uh, mistaken entrances and things like that, but that's what you get on a live performance. A lot of spirit, nonetheless. Uh, then we went to Dear Old Southland. That was interesting because on the Blue Note recording that Bechet did, he did a very rubato, uh, slow introduction uh, more than an introduction, he went through the whole form of the tune and then went into a, a, a double-time version of the tune. This particular version that we heard uh, started uh, fairly fast and then went into double-time from there, so it was kind of comical how fast it ended up, but showed some superb playing by Sidney Bechet. Then uh, we finished off with two of those ensemble tunes, a nice dance band version of Embraceable You featuring uh, the brass players as well as Sidney Bechet and ending up with That's a Plenty. So those are our Sidney Bechet recordings that were made live by John Reed in 1939, 40, 41, 42, I think 44 we had one as well. Uh, so catching Sidney Bechet at a very fertile time in his uh, playing career, one that uh, was not terribly well documented on recordings, at least not recordings under his own name. He started recording for RCA Victor and uh, doing the New Orleans feet warmer sides in about 1940. He'd done a few things for um, Victor and for Blue Note in the 30s, and then he started up a long series of much more traditionally oriented uh, jazz recordings for Blue Note in 1944. So these uh, fill in a nice little gap. So we thank you for joining us today. This is the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Hope you enjoyed the program. We've got lots more coming up. Uh, if you'd like to be our sponsor, we'd love to have some more members of the family. And uh, feel free to uh, sponsor us on a one-time basis or on a continuing basis. Find that little button on uh, the top of your screen or wherever it might be. We are uh, located on anchor.fm. That is our home, but we can be heard on Spotify and Apple Music and many other places that carry finer podcasts. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.